if anybody can uh, succeed on social media, it's you. So why are you not on social media? It's a great question. So there's actually several reasons. And, you know, I used to be on social media. I used to be on 500 picks back in its heyday. And Flickr was the kind of Flickr was where I got started. And, you know, I had thousands of followers on these websites. I was on the front page of 500 picks, like every time I posted. And, you know, it just, it wasn't fulfilling me. And, you know, I think you're talking about succeeding on social media. And I have to ask myself, what does that mean? And what does that mean for me? And what does it mean for the world that we photograph? And for me, when I think of social media, I think of places being destroyed. I think of, you know, overcrowding. I think of all the negative things that are happening to sensitive locations. You know, if you go to a lot of popular spots now, you'll find tons of crowds, you'll find trash, you'll find, you know, just everything that you wouldn't be expecting to find from someone who would follow a leave no trace principle. And I tried various methods to mitigate that. You know, I tried not sharing locations, which is generally a recommended practice. I tried you know, all these things. I tried putting, you know, notes in the comments saying, please, you know, leave no trace, stuff like that. Nobody reads them. It just, it's not what the sites are built for. And it's, it's a huge problem. And I personally believe there's no such thing in this world right now as posting to social media with a conservation focus. It's just not possible because the very act of posting is probably the worst thing you can do in order to preserve a location. So, you know, I decided I really wanted to put nature first in the locations I discover. And, you know, we'll talk about this later, but a lot of the stuff that I post or share, or at least just take now, is it's very unique. It's stuff that nobody else is exploring, nobody else is taking photos of. It's not places where you would expect to find photo opportunities for a landscape photographer. And, you know, the... The flip side of that is, well, these places are wild and unspoiled. And that means that I kind of have the location in my hands. And, you know, I, I, can, I, you know, I kind of control its fate for a little bit. I can decide if it's going to stay wild or if it's not. And the decision to post to social media or not plays a huge role in that location's future. And I just decided to remove myself from that process. That's the nature side. In addition, you know, it's just not great for mental health in this day and age. The creators of these sites all know that. They will tell you that if you can. You, know, you can watch these videos, and some of them are some of them are documentaries that are a little, you know, they're a little over. They're a little overblown, but they they contain the right ideas, and they come directly from the people making these websites. And they're designed to be addictive. They're designed to you know, feel your dopamine hits and they're just, they're not healthy to spend a lot of time on. And I saw that was getting to me. It was kind of controlling what I would post, what I would even take photos of, what was inspiring me. Because, you know, they say you are what you eat. And if you spend a lot of time on these websites and view the same content over and over, then you're going to start producing that kind of content. And, you know, I found it was kind of stifling creativity and I wasn't a huge fan of it. So those are the two main reasons. The third reason 
is actually kind of a me thing. And, you know, the first two reasons I kind of feel could apply to most people. Um, the third one is a certain kind of personality or character that I have, just me personally. Are you familiar with the five love languages? Five love languages? Yeah, so... I feel like I've... There's yeah. kind of a school of, there's a school of thought that says that we all speak and hear love in different ways from people. And, you know, a lot of people apply this to a partner, a romantic partner, but it can really apply to anything in life where you're giving or receiving affection. And, you know, it's kind of just a way to understand ourselves better and the people, people who surround us. And what I learned is that I don't either hear or give love by words of affirmation. And that is a huge part of what social media is, right? It's positive comments, it's, you know, likes, it's things that mean nothing to me. And I noticed this because people would leave comments on my work and they, you know, they would say, wow, this is the best photo I've seen in weeks. And I would just read right past it because it didn't really mean anything to me. And, you know, there's obviously someone put heart into that comment, but it just doesn't mean anything to me. And, you know, I, I, I feel loved when I spend time with people. I feel loved when I, you know, am sitting next to someone having a great long conversation with them. And that's an experience that I just can't get on social media. Other people will feel much more, much more fulfilled by that than I do. But that is a me thing. And, you know, it's something where there are certainly lots of other people like me who will be in that same situation. But it, it doesn't apply to everybody. That's interesting that you say that because for a lot of us, um, you know, our sense of purpose comes from the validation, uh, you know, the praise and, and the compliment that we get from others on social media. Right. And that, that and, means and, nothing to me. I, I, but I want to zoom into that because, as, you know, as humans, a lot of us are kind of wired that way, I think. So what were you just born that way? Like what what happened uh, that so that doesn't affect you as much? It's a good question. And, you know, again, going back to this, this theory it is kind of it's just some it's just it, it kind of is how we're wired. And we all speak and hear loves and love in different ways. And, you know, again, my, I, like, I will feel connected to this. I will feel connected to people when I'm spending time with them, when I'm, you know, some people will feel it when they're being touched. Some people will feel it when they're giving gifts and it's different for all people. You know, sometimes some people just are really, some people love giving gifts. Some people are really bad with it. And some people want to hear what an amazing job they've done. Some people Really, it just means nothing to them. And I don't know if it's really something you can change. What you, what I can do is I can recognize that there are people giving compliments and it matters a lot to them, right? It, they, that is how they're speaking. But to, it, you know, it's, it's still, it's not as fulfilling for me. It's not something that I need to feel whole as a person. And again, it, depends some people will have a different craving for certain kinds of attention right and there's nothing wrong there's nothing right or wrong with it it's just that's just the way i'm wired is that i don't 
need what social media provides. Your body of work is is amazing, right? And you've built yourself to a place where I think you can have fulfilling experiences, whether you're on social media or not. Some of us who are still kind of seeking where we want to go, um, we kind of need that validation uh, to mm -hmm. keep us going. What advice would you have for those of us uh, who might not be able to have those offline experiences uh, that you might be enjoying? It's a hard question, and it's something that we've really been trying to figure out as, you know, because we run Escape. We run this community for local photographers, and a lot of people, you know, they post on social media, and that's all they have. And we've been trying to give people an outlet for sharing with friends in the community. And you know, get comments and stuff from there, from people who you know, and you're not dealing with the same kind of algorithms and stuff. But of course, there's other there's other dynamics that come into play there. And, you know, we've tried to put out books. We have the, I don't have one right with me, it's over in the closet over there. But we have a, we came out with a book for, for our community. And we had about 25 artists who we published in there. And everyone loved that. I think it was, you know, there's something about seeing your work in print with other photographers that it's just an experience that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Right. We also did this big art show a couple of years back. We had plans to do more, but because of, you know, COVID there yeah. didn't happen. And one of the things we've learned is that we've recognized that a lot of people in our community are not trying to be full-time photographers. You know, they're not as interested in selling their work. I mean, they wouldn't turn down a sale, right? But they're not as interested in pursuing it. And they really just want to be seen and appreciated just like anyone else. And, you know, again, we all hear this in different ways, right? Personally, going back to the way I see and hear affection, my one of my best ideas of having an impact on someone is seeing them standing next to my photo and, you know, with this look of wonder on their face and, you know, how did you do this? What is, you know, what is this magic? And, you know, when I get to stand next to them and share that experience, that to me is infinitely more powerful than anything I could get online, at least in writing online. And, you know, it's, if you want to have an experience like that, well, then for me, that means an exhibition or a show or somewhere that I can be present with people who are viewing my images in real time. And, you know, it might not be for everyone, but for me, it works. <laughs> do, you, do you ever feel lonely or have FOMO when you see others um, having a, a different kind of experience? Not really, because, you know, we all get fulfillment in different ways. And as long as I feel like I'm getting something, you know, if I feel like I'm getting a piece of the pie for myself, then, you know, there's like others, others enjoying life does not, you know, it's not a zero sum game here, right? We can all, we can all derive enjoyment and we can all find love and we can all, yeah. we can all find happiness. And just because you're happy doesn't mean I can't be. Sure. Yeah. And how do you deal with um, this? Like you have, you probably have a lot of family, friends uh, who appreciate your art, uh, who aren't photographers and who might not be in, in, in escape uh, in, in the communities where you share your work. Um, so when you create uh, new things, when you create new pictures, 
how do you do you how do they get to see your new releases it's a great question and honestly i haven't 100% figured it out because again i don't post on social media which is the place where most people would be right they would follow you on instagram they would see it on facebook or tiktok or you know whatever the makes me feel old kids are using these days <laughs> but you know i i don't I'm not active there, right? If you want to see my work, you can check my website, but I don't even post everything there. I have a lot of new projects that I'm working on that I haven't even released on my website. So it's kind of a, you have to ask, or I just, I show you when I have exhibitions kind of thing. And I've done a couple art shows this year. I did one up in Chico that I had a great time at. We're doing one in Nevada right here in a couple of weeks. And then, you know, Mill Valley later this summer. So that's, we're, we're super excited about those. We love doing this kind of stuff, but, you know, obviously not everybody can make it to these exhibitions. And, you know, sometimes it really is just when I see someone, you know, when I have a friend come over, they get to see the prints in our house. Um, you know, got a big one up here from Matt Sam. This is a eight foot print right here. And, you know, we just, we love having people have, have, have having people share these experiences with us you know they get to see the print they get to, you know they get to they get to stare at it they get to feel like they're there we get to share that experience with them and for us that's huge at least for me that's huge well it's for a lot of us i think uh that's very inspiring and even though we might not be in the same boat there's a lot for right. us to gather from you know the way you operate and um see if there's anything that we can borrow from, you know, from that style of uh, uh, being an artist. Yeah, um, and you know, there are some people who will find what they're looking for out of social media, right? People who speak and hear words of affirmation as their love language, it's yeah. a really good place for them because they're gonna get that. Of course, then comes the debate of, is seeing it in writing as valuable as actually hearing it in person? And I would argue the answer is no, but you know, some people may be able to get just enough of what they need out of it. Yeah. But then, of course, come the drawbacks of social media that are universal and not just apply to me, right? You know, the destruction of locations, the, the toxicity, right. the mental health problems. And, you know, it's really hard to not get sucked into this. We all we all think we're above these things and then they happen to us. And then, you know, it's it's not it's not good yeah i think i'm kind of in the middle um i i do use you know social media i have a lot of friends uh, since i was in india i was in africa i have a lot of friends like in different parts of the world really? uh, but one thing i did in instagram is delete all followers who weren't really engaging with my work yeah. or who weren't really close to me uh, so I actually paid somebody to remove like 2,000 followers. Wow. So when I share on Instagram, I know it's being seen by people who I really care about. Um, but yeah, you know. Assuming uh, that it actually shows up in their feed. Yes. Assuming, yes, of right. course. Which is actually yeah. probably, a, it, it's a pretty low chance for each yes. image. But eventually they're likely to see some, yes. Yeah, I think there is some stat that says only 16% of people get yep. to see whatever you post. <laughs> yeah, it's usually, the studies usually show a very low percentage. It's somewhere yeah. in that ballpark. Um, Jeff, you you already brought this up. You know, your shots are unique. Um, the vantage points and perspectives, um, 
they, they aren't usually the popular spots that everybody shoots from. Um, and and in, like you said, in many of them, it's, it's difficult to know where you, where you shot the picture, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I think the way you described it is um, my studio albums are not merely images I think others will enjoy, but rather seek to tell a story, often my story, something I feel is commonly missing from landscape art. I passionately seek out scenes those before me have ignored and ask, why not? Can you can I elaborate a little bit more on that? You know, what's your philosophy when it comes to um, exploring landscapes and choosing the scenes that are worthy of your portfolio? Sure. So this is, this is kind of two separate questions. They are they are connected as you as yeah. you implied, but yeah, it's sort of two separate questions. They're both great questions. As far as exploration, it's I personally feel like it's in my blood, and it I I think it's in a lot of people's blood, but. You know, I guess some of us just, I'm not satisfied with what's been done. And in fact, I actually, if I see photos of a place, of a vantage point that I'm interested in, I'll often lose interest in it because it feels like it's done. You know, it feels like I don't have anything to contribute to there that hasn't already been said unless I have a specific vision for that place that I haven't seen before. But otherwise, you know, I don't, it's... It kind of it really gets into the distinction of whether photography is an art or a craft, and yeah. it could be argued that it's both. But if you view this as a craft, then you're going to be looking for stuff that other people have done, and you're going to be using your technical equipment and technical skills in Photoshop to replicate it as best you can. And you know whether that might be a Milky Way over this sea stack on the Santa Cruz coast, right? You've seen it from someone else. You want your version of it. It'll look slightly different, maybe even a little bit better in some ways. But ultimately, it's it's a craft, right? It's like it's like following a recipe and building something. And you know, if if you have a chef, cooking can be an art. It can also be a craft, right? You can right. you can follow a recipe verbatim. You can you you can make this salad or this perfect chicken bake exactly as it was in the recipe exactly as someone else did it exactly as it was in the picture on Instagram or you can give someone an experience that they haven't had before and for me that's what I'm interested in and again it really does come to the point where if I have seen something before I'm probably not interested in photographing it at this point because you know that's not that's not art to me. It doesn't feel like it's mine. It doesn't feel like it's my vision. And that's really important to me personally. It's not, it's not just that I'm doing this to try to get ahead of anything, or it's not a competition thing. It's just that it doesn't feel fulfilling to me. And you can't, you know, if your heart's not in something, then it's just not going to, it's not going to be as good, right? It's going to show in your work. And there are people who are great craftspeople. You know, they take, they see amazing photos, they take amazing photos that look just like the ones that they saw, maybe even a little bit better. And, you know, it, it, it won't, it usually won't speak to me emotionally because the person hasn't, you know, there's, there's not as much of a creative process in there, but it's a great technical process. So it is, it has value. It's just not, it, you know, it's kind of a different, it's, it's very different approaches. And yeah. 
for me, I view myself as an artist. You know, I live and breathe, I live and breathe exploration. And when I'm in a place, you know, I'm, I'm, when I'm in a natural place or a cityscape place, you know, can be, it can be anything and you can find photo opportunities anywhere. But what I, what I'll look for, what I, so what I generally do, my approach is, you know, we have this escape forecast that usually tells us about where and when to go, but I only plan to a certain extent. I will basically, I'll, I'll put myself in places and at times where good stuff isn't likely to happen. So, you know, I may know that there's going to be a good sunset in the San Francisco area tonight. So I, where I will stop and most people would continue is most people would say, okay, well, I want to shoot the sunset over the Golden Gate Bridge at this angle from this vantage point. I'm going to go to this spot, which I have a pin for, and I'm going to capture this photograph. I don't do that. I will just travel to the area. I will look at the sky. I will see what I think is going to be good in which area. Or I'll just throw myself into some place that I've never been, knowing that there's going to be pretty good light in the area. And I'll let the scenes come to me. You know, the, the inspiration usually does flow. Occasionally it doesn't. That's okay. There will always be more. But I, I really think it's an important process for me. And, you know, again, it really depends if you're out there to make art or just as a craftsperson. Because there's nothing wrong with following a recipe. But I personally, as an artist, I find that I'm looking for something different. I actually want to zoom into the uh, yeah. art versus craft thing in just a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, in terms of exploring landscapes, uh, would you say that you're kind of spontaneous in terms of um, how you travel to places or do you... Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, do a little bit more advanced <laughs> fact, planning. I'm, I'm notoriously difficult to meet up with because I'm notoriously difficult to plan with. And, you know, it's kind of a problem. Like if, if talking my partner and I take a trip, I mean, it's very difficult to plan a dinner reservation, right? Because <laughs> there might be a sunset that I need to chase and I just, I need to go. And, you know, it's, I feel a very strong calling during these events. Like I just, I feel like I really have to be out there capturing them. And again, it's not, it's not a FOMO thing. It's not that I feel like I need to capture it to make other people happy. It's just that it just makes me feel complete and yeah. makes me feel like I'm really fulfilling my creative vision when I'm out there. And I don't always get to control where and when that happens. I just have to answer those opportunities as they come. Do you mostly go to like local local areas that you can go to like within a day or so? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a mix. the The benefit to going local, and it's a huge. There are huge benefits to doing local. One of the most important ones for me is I feel a deeper connection to a lot of the areas that I live in, and you know this this even happened to me down in the South Bay. I lived in Campbell, and you know, near San Jose. And that's not really a place where you would associate <laughs> as a landscape photography destination. But 
I actually found a lot of really nice stuff within a, a couple miles of home and some even that I could walk to from home. And I have some photos that I'm really proud of from places that nobody's photographed before and they're right near home. And I actually never released some of them because, you know, of the environmental impact that I didn't want to have. But there's pretty much, there's, there's almost always something to be found around home. And, you know, they say home is where the heart is. And I think there's a lot of truth in that where you really, those photos often feel the most fulfilling because it feels like home. And yeah. there's something intangible about home as a concept that it it just makes us feel whole as humans. So I love taking photos around home. And yeah. it certainly helps now that my home is Marin County because it's just a gorgeous place. It's also underexplored in terms of photography. There's so many open spaces, endless hiking trails, you know, lots of areas that just photographers don't go. And that was a huge appeal for us in moving here in the first place was just that there's a lot of un underexplored territory. And, you know, we live in the Bay Area. There's a lot of people here. There's a lot of photographers here. And I still feel like there's a lot left to be uncovered. Yeah. Um, in terms of finding places near home, like, you know, in Campbell or San Jose, yeah. how do you actually do that? Like, what's the strategy behind finding good places? Um, question. Another question, another related question is, uh, I'm sure you have to scout these places ahead of time. It's not something that you can, you know, oh, I'm going to get a nice sunset tomorrow. So I'm going to go and find a place, right? What, what's your sure process around that? that? Okay. Let's yeah. hear from what you have to say on that. Yeah. So as far as finding places, there's, you know, there are certain areas that I'm going to be checking and it depends on the kind of scene that you're looking for, of course, right? But a lot of it, you, you know, we have these amazing tools these days. We have Google Earth, we have satellite view, we have street view. And, you know, what I'll often do is I'll use, like I'll turn on the street view layer and I won't actually go on the street view on every road because, you know, you can't do that. But if you just, if you just open up the, the Google street view layer, you'll be able to see all the places where the street view car or the street view hikers have been. And it's usually a good place to start, right? I can look for things that are on the sides of mountains. I can combine this with the satellite view and see, hey, this, this area looks like it would have nice open vistas. This is a nice area of coastline that, you know, clearly has sea stacks and there's a road going right near it so I can get close. You know, maybe there's a way down to the beach. Um, and when I get to that point, I'm just thinking, okay, well, this is, this is an area that has a lot of potential. I'm going to need to explore this area. And I don't even need to see photos of the area. I often actually don't go beforehand to scout places. And I often hear this from people who, you know, don't go out and explore as much. They'll say, well, I don't have the time to explore. I don't have the time to scout. And you know, none of us do, right? I, I don't go scouting 200 days a year. When I go out, I often come back with something. And, you know, again, I just throw myself in what I think is going to be the best area at a decent time. And I mean, just last night, Tung and I were hiking up a trail in our neighbor, in our area. And, you know, we've hiked the trail before. We know there's some potential up there, but we were just kind of hiking and we were in a forest and there were no real views. So we decided to turn around and head up a different trail. And in 10 minutes, we had a nice view and we photographed a really nice sunset there. 
and you know, we definitely got some stuff. We were able to kind of just, we experimented. I had, I had him walk down the trail and we found some light trails on a nearby road. Like there was just so much cool stuff that again, I've never seen a photo of this area. Haven't taken this shot before. Um, so it's just, it's a different experience. And I'll often just throw myself into these places and let the inspiration come. And occasionally it doesn't, but usually it does. Yeah, hiking trails are, are a good starting point for landscape mm -hmm. photographers to find Absolutely. good spots, right? One problem that I face when um, you know trying to find a place to shoot, uh, especially when I know it's going to be a good sunset thanks to Escape, um, <laughs> is um, when I'm driving around, my initial idea of where I want to be doesn't work out. And at that point, I kind of have to scout around a little bit more. It, it can yeah. feel a little stressful, especially, you know, you're driving, you, you don't know where to park. Um, mm -hmm. How do you deal with that that mo that stress of the moment? Uh, and you know, the, sun, the sun's going down, you, you, you're, you're short on time. <laughs> I think I feed off it. <laughs> it's kind <laughs> of, it's kind of just the thrill of the chase for me. Mm. You know, sometimes you, occasionally you might come back empty handed, but usually you won't. And yeah, it really is kind of a thrill of a chase. I enjoy that kind of experience. It's, it's really what I live for. And, you know, there's something about not knowing for sure exactly what's going to happen that, you know, it leaves a little bit of spontaneity, leaves a little bit unplanned. And that's how a lot of the best stuff happens. And, yeah. you know, if I find myself in a place where, hey, there's great light right here and, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I was headed towards the Golden Gate Bridge to take some photos and there's a traffic jam and the light is starting to break through well you know instead of we, there's two things we can do one we can sit in the traffic and <laughs> may not make it in time or two we can find something else and yeah. you know again it can for some people that's stressful for me it's just the thrill of being out there and taking what you get and so you know i'm that's when i you know <laughs> i'll ask my whoever i'm in the car with Hey, I need you to find some place right around here that looks like it's going to have a view. I see a mountain over there. Let's let's go and see what we find, and we'll get off the freeway. And you know, all right, time for something yeah. else. And usually it ends well. And it's you know just being a just adaptability is a huge part of this game. Yeah, you kind of have to know your place a little bit. Like you kind of have to study at you least do. your local area a little bit. Uh, do you bookmark places you at all? You're familiar with the terrain, right? I mean, you don't want to be driving up a big forested mountain for a sunset, right? But yeah, or a sunrise yeah. even. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Mm. Um, I know this might not be a fair question because you are in beautiful California. Uh, sure. But you know, for somebody who's, I don't know, not living uh, in a place where there's a lot of nice landscapes around them, um, and maybe they can't be as spontaneous as us. Um, mm -hmm. Is there any advice for them, like how they can build up their portfolio? Throw in the, the Great Plains, right? I mean, there are lots of reasons why you would go there to take photos. They might not be to find big mountains, but, you know, we kind of, we take what's offered in wherever we are. And it's not necessarily any less or any more. And again, this is kind of a, a concept that's been hammered into us by social media, right? We're always looking for something bigger, something more epic. And I mean, we'll be looking at photos of 
all right, somebody found a mountain that's even taller and even pointier than all the other ones, right? And the reality is, in a photo, they all look like mountains. They all look nice, but they're only going to impress photographers. And what my, so my advice would be just to really think about what is the best your area has to offer. And it, maybe it is big mountains. Maybe it's not. You know, if you're out in, you know, if you're out in the Great Plains, you have, I haven't actually been out there myself, but you know, it's actually on my list and I purposely seek out places that a lot of photographers wouldn't normally travel to. And I try to make a destination out of the area. You know, I try to go to these, like, I'm in California, so I try to go to these truck stop towns on I-5 and, you know, I try to find stuff that hasn't been done before and I'll, I'll stay out there for a night or two and it'll be times when most people, I mean, we all have finite weekends, not all of us, we can't all travel the, all the time and, you know, it's kind of a misconception that because I'm a photographer that, well, I have infinite time to travel and explore and the reality is I don't. I'm in my office <laughs> right here just like, you know, just like most of us are a lot of the time. And I, when I get out, I just choose to go places that, you know, may have potential that I haven't been to before. And, you know, again, if that means booking, I'm not going to name towns because I don't want to call anywhere that has, you know, say, say somewhere doesn't seem to have potential, but we all know where these places are. And they're, I try to challenge the preconceived notions that I have about a place that there's nothing mm -hmm. there. And oftentimes I come back with some of my best photos within 20, 30 miles of these towns and places I'd never heard of. You know, they might, they might have these amazing rolling hills 20 miles to the West that no photographer has ever set foot in. And for me, that's, that's what this is all about. And, you know, again, if, you, you use the best of what the area offers, right? If your area gets really interesting weather, but it's completely flat, well, use the weather, make that the focus, you know? If you have interesting, if you're in a big city, you're not gonna be taking photos of mountains and that's okay, you have other interesting things to take photos of, right? Yeah. If you live in the mountains, then you don't have the city to take photos of. So, and you know, I actually found this when I lived in the mountains, I, I was a park ranger in Sequoia National Park. I was a backcountry ranger and I lived in these amazing mountains and it was incredible. I loved it. You know, I hiked every trail in the whole place. I hiked all these off trail routes. I climbed peaks. I did, you know, I knew the place like the back of my hand and it was an amazing experience. I loved it. I took so many great photos and had an amazing time, but you know, in the end, I still kind of got island fever by the end of every season because it's like, you know, I live on this one, I live, a, you know, an hour and a half up this winding dirt one lane road in, in these tall mountains. And it was amazing for what it was, but there were also lots of experiences that that didn't provide. It didn't provide a city experience. I couldn't have, I couldn't take certain kinds of photos. And, you know, for some people, that's all they want. And, you know, maybe that, maybe that is the perfect place for some people. But for me, it was a place where I wanted to spend time and get to know the place. But, I, you know, I, I, need, I need a variety in my life. I can't be there permanently. So there's, there's more places to explore. Do you keep a list of places to explore? Like, um, especially places maybe outside of, um, you know, your home? Mm -hmm. um, to an extent, yeah. 
I, I'll have, you know, if I find a place that I think has a lot of potential, I'll pin it, you know, save the area, bookmark it, that kind of thing. But again, oftentimes these, it's what, it's a different process, right? It's not, I saw a cool photo on Instagram. I reverse engineered the location, the exact street and the exact pin that's right here. What instead I would do is say, oh, this area, there's a photo of really cool fall colors in this area. I'm going to put a pin somewhere in this somewhere in this area, and I'm just going to explore the entire, as much of the area as I can over a couple days. You know, I'm not going to go just to take this photo that I've seen. So, you know, really, it's just a slightly different approach. How do you discover these new areas? It's a good question. Again, some of, a lot of it is through just Google Earth, exploring. Some of it is through other people's photos, you know, friends go on trips, we all mm. we all inspire each other. Right. And, you know, again, it's, there's a line between duplicating and being inspired. And yeah. I love being inspired by others. It's, it's a huge part of this. And it is one important thing that you can get from social media, you know, you can find inspiration. Unfortunately, I find it's finding it's becoming more difficult to do that because the same thing gets replicated over and over and that gets rewarded by the algorithms. But, you know, if you can use it to find real inspiration, then, you know, it can be very fulfilling. And it's finding sources of inspiration that can be difficult for a lot of photographers these days. And, you know, again, it's because these algorithms on social media are rewarding and reinforcing photographing the same scenes over and over, finding the most epic mountain pointiest thing we can find because that's what epic means. And, you know, it, it definitely makes it more difficult to find inspiration because we're not being exposed to a lot of this stuff. And sometimes we just really have to seek it out ourselves and find areas that might have potential, search for them, you know, just go to Google Images, you probably won't find much if the area isn't well known. But you know, you might find a couple spots that give you an idea of the kind of things you can expect in the area. And if it looks like something that's interesting to you, then, you know, plan a couple days, go for it. You know, instead of going to Yosemite for the 78th time for Bay Area people, <laughs> try somewhere else, you know, like, and for me, it's like, it, you know, it was hard the first couple times when I would see a snowstorm in Yosemite and I would not go because I had somewhere else planned and maybe I would just be photographing green hills. That's kind of my, you know, green hills is one of my favorite things to photograph. And maybe I would just be photographing the hills and the peaks turn white in the back because they get snow and I can only get that during a low snowstorm, right? So, you know, maybe 90% of photographers went to Yosemite and that's fine. They're having a great time. I've done that several times, but you know, once I feel like I've been there, done that, then time to try something else. And I, that comes with no guarantees, right? Yeah. You may wish that you had gone to the place that you knew that time, but there's, it often does come with big rewards and they, they feel better because it feels like you discovered it, you found it and it's you. Yeah. You have to have a mindset of not having an expectation of a shot that you can come back exactly. to. Right? And you have to give yourself enough days to explore a new area. Exactly. 